You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 1, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Verse number 11, it says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. These men who came seeking a king, they were not just curiosity seekers. I think sometimes we imagine that these guys were sitting in their home one day and they saw something in the distance, a light or a star or, or something unusual, and they just had the bright idea that we'll just follow it and see where it leads. Oh, no. The Bible tells us that these were wise men. The east uh, from Jerusalem probably was Babylon. And that was the place where many years before there had been another wise man. His name was Daniel. If you remember when Nebuchadnezzar called the magicians and he called the astrologers and he called the wise men and that magician and astrologer term, those were men who studied science. They were men who studied the skies. They were men who interpreted dreams. And Daniel was one of those men. As a matter of fact, the, the Bible term here for wise men in the Greek is magi, where probably we get the word magician in the uh, uh, Old Testament. These men, they knew something, and these men had studied, and one of their peers had been a man by the name of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, God gave Daniel a vision. He gave him a prophecy, and Daniel laid out the prophecy of a Messiah that would come. As a matter of fact, he gave us a timetable. It's found in Daniel chapter 9. It's the 70 weeks of Daniel, each week is equal to seven years. And if you do the math, it brings you to the time of Christ. Now, these men that came to look for Jesus, they said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? During Daniel's time, there was a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. He prophesied of a king that would come after Nebuchadnezzar. His name was Cyrus. He was a great king. After Cyrus, there would come another king of the Grecians by the name of Alexander. And the difference with those kings was their reign and their rule had a start and it had a finish. And although they may reign for 10 or 20 or 30, or in the case of Nebuchadnezzar, over 40 years, these men came looking for a king whose kingdom would be forever and ever and ever. And it wasn't an earthly king. It was a heavenly king, King Jesus. These were wise men. They came to worship the king. They knew that this would not be any other king. This would be the king of kings and lord of lords. When they got to Jerusalem, they went straight for the palace. They thought that's where the king would be. They brought gifts for a king. Gold 
frankincense and myrrh. And sometimes that's why these men are referred to as the kings, although they were not kings, but they brought gifts that were fit for a king. It says in verse number 11 that when they saw him, they fell down and worshiped him. The choir sang, and that was the, the theme of this cantata, come, let us worship the king. That word worship, it means to adore. It means to pay divine respect to someone. It means to show the highest honor. In Bible times, it literally meant to fall down on your knees and put your forehead on the ground and show reverence and respect for one who was greater than you. Can I tell you, these wise men came to honor and to worship and to adore this king that was born in Bethlehem. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords. In Matthew 2, we don't see there were a lot of folks that came to worship him. We see the wise men. In Luke 2, we see the shepherds. But one day, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We know tonight that Jesus is the king, but my question for you, is he your king? How do you know if he is your king? First of all, I'd like to share with you three thoughts. Number one, you can answer this question. This is between you and the Lord. This is not between you and a pastor. This is not between you and your neighbor. But you can know if this is your king, King Jesus is your king or not, by answering these three questions. Number one, how far would you go to worship him? These wise men made a trip of approximately 500 miles on foot. That'd be like going from here to Atlanta on foot. Be like going from here a little bit beyond New York City on foot. Be like here, going from here to Gatlinburg, Tennessee on foot. Would you be willing to go that far to worship the king one time? These wise men were willing. You see, the answer to that question, how far would you go to worship him, it's answered in how you and I spend our time. Can I tell you, time is the most valuable possession that you have because once that time is gone, you can't get it back. You may lose a house, but you can get another one. You may lose a car, but you can get another one. But once your time is gone, you cannot return it. How do you use your time? How do I use my time? How far would we go to worship the king? I'm not just talking about your time in church, although I think we ought to come to church. It's a great place to worship God. It's God's plan for his people to come to church. But if you only wait, for Sundays to come to worship God, you're missing it. If you only wait for Sundays to come, he's probably not really the king of your life. He's just the king of one day. But do you worship him and do I worship him every day? How far would you go to worship the king? We saying, come, let us worship the king. Well, how much of your time does King Jesus get? The second question to ask yourself is, how much would you give? to worship the king. 
These wise men, they traveled over 500 miles, and some believe it may have taken months or maybe up to a year to make that trip. And they got to Jesus, and they said, sorry, that's all you get. We gave you our time, but we're not giving you anything else. Is that what they said? Is that what they did? Oh, no. They opened up their treasures, and they presented to Jesus. He was, he was a young child at the time, maybe close to two years old, and he was there with Mary, his mother, and they're giving this child gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gifts for a king. You see, they didn't give Jesus their leftovers. They gave him their best. They didn't give Jesus just something to try to make themselves feel better or to be able to pat themselves on the back. They brought the very best gifts that they could give. I wonder if you would be willing to give your treasure to Christ, something that cost you something, something that is valuable to you. How much would you be willing to give? Would you give your treasure? Not only your time and your treasure, but thirdly, what would you be willing to give up to worship the king? Now, I understand these wise men gave up their time and they gave up their treasure, but these wise men also risked their lives to worship the king. 500 miles through those, uh, through those uh, 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 plains and through those deserts was not an easy trip to make, especially when you're loaded down with valuable uh, treasures like what they had. And then they get to Herod and they find out that Herod is not a, an ally. He's not a friend. He's an enemy. As a matter of fact, Herod says, go ahead and worship him. But after you worship him, I want you to come back and tell me where he is so I can worship him also. The Bible says that these wise men were warned of God in a dream and they departed another way. Can I tell you, they risked their lives. Had Herod caught up with them, had Herod's soldiers caught up with them, their lives would have been, uh, would have been lost in this effort to worship the king. The word is trust. How much trust are you willing to place in Jesus, the king of kings? How much confidence are you willing to put in worshiping and serving the king? They were willing to risk their lives to worship King Jesus. I'll say this. If Jesus was the king, and by the way, he is the king. Amen. But if he was the king, then they really had nothing to worry about because the king of kings could take care of them no matter what they went through. Reminds me of the story in Daniel Chapter 3, where there were three young Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were told to worship a statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up there in the plain of Dura. And he said, when you hear the music, I want you to bow down and worship this image which I have made. The Bible tells us that the music sounded. When the music sounded, everyone bowed down except for these three boys. They were called before Nebuchadnezzar and the king said, he said, is it true that you do not bow down and you do not worship this image? They said, it's true, O king. But we're not going to bow down and we're not going to worship your image because they said, we believe that our God is greater than you. And we believe that our God is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. 
Can I tell you, they put their trust and their confidence in a king that was greater than an earthly king. Are you willing to please the king, King Jesus, even if it means you'll displease your peers? Are you willing to please the king and worship the king even if it costs you friends or fortune or fame? I wonder this evening if you'd be willing even to give up some hobbies or to give up some pleasures or to give up some things that are keeping you from worshiping Jesus. Many times we don't worship Jesus like we should because there are too many things between us and Jesus. That's why the Ten Commandments very clearly state, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not worship them or serve them. How come? Because if you're worshiping those things, you're not worshiping the king. What about the thing in your life that keeps you from coming and worshiping God? Would you be willing to give that up? It sounds good. And choir, I was so fired up to hear you sing. The narration and the specials, it was wonderful. But can I tell you, it's not just a good idea. It's not just a cute song. It's not just a slogan to put on a bumper sticker. But worshiping the king is something that every one of us ought to do every day of our lives. Would you worship the king? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.